0: the vocal studio welcome to the vocal studio we talk about the voice singing performing vocal coaching and the life around it we're the vocal coaches and you are listening to find your inner voice hello guys hey everyone hi this is hannah and i'm natalie hey thank you for coming back to us So this episode, we are going to cover another very beautiful, lovely coach, vocal coach that's right here. (laughs) Yeah, Natalie. So I'm going to have some conversations with her to dig her information about her life, you know, uh, and her music and her singing, her journey as an actress and all that. Thank you for having me today, Hannah. I know it's been so difficult trying to find a date for this. Yes. I'm so happy we're finally getting down to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because we have the are around here like for all the time. Mm-hmm. But because you're running to many, many different places, like <laughs> performing, teaching, like the life is ah, this life is crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, thank you for finding the time to come down. No, now. of course, thank you for waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so today I wanted to ask you a little more about, you know, like your journey generally, like um, as a as a singer, as an actress. um mm-hmm. mm, How that unfolded for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I know that you didn't really come from the music major, yeah, you know, like uh, compared to some of the other students or some of the performers who just decided their journey to be completely focused on mm-hmm. that music career. Right. Yeah. So it was slightly different for you. So how did that happen in your life?
1: Uh, so like normal secondary school here, then I went to junior college here. Junior college, I did some drama that was when I was kind of interested In drama as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Before that, I was like singing from the time I was like six. I was like singing at all the school events and everything. Uh So I was always singing, but like more pop based. And it was Mm -hmm. only when I was about fifth, thirteen, where like some of the musical stuff started happening. Mm -hmm. But I thought. I enjoyed the singing part of it more than the acting. I didn't really identify as an actor mm. yet. Yeah, so after JC, I wanted to actually study musical theatre, but my parents were like, no, you're young, yeah. what if you change your mind? You know, yeah. the, the usual... Um... Parents were like, right of Yeah, right? exactly. And then I thought, fair enough, I'm 18, mm. what do I know? Mm. I truly don't know anything. Uh, so I went to law school instead. Mm. I spent three years in Bristol reading law. And then when I graduated, uh, my plan was to be a lawyer first like get qualified uh, earn some money and then after that earn enough money to be able to send myself to drama school Yeah. but then what happened was I went I for for just for like fun I decided to audition for drama school when I was in my final year of law school mm. uh, and I had zero expectation that I would get in because mm-hmm. it's so difficult mm-hmm. and then I got in and then I was kind of like ooh Wow! What am I going to (laughs) do? So, um, well, I got in and then I told my parents and they were kind of happy for me. I think they were also a little bit, they were like cautiously optimistic, you know, they were Mm -hmm. cautiously happy Mm -hmm. uh, because I think they were afraid of what the future might then hold for me opening Mm -hmm. this door. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to drama school and then I remember the first day of drama school, my acting teacher was like, well walking to like the first day of your professional life as an actor and that for me was very overwhelming because i never really believed that i could Mm. until then Mm. um and then i did the course i went to royal academy of music in Mm. london to Mm. do musical theater then i came back um yeah and then i came back and that one year gave me a lot of confidence in Mm. my voice Mm. um and I actually you know I struggled a lot with my voice that year, and then I had a really good singing teacher, and then she gave me a lot of confidence with my voice mm. um and oh. then I realized I could yeah. teach, yeah, oh, and then yeah. I thought I can not
0: come back, and the first thing I would start doing is teach singing, wow, yeah. so a lot of inspiration actually came also from the teacher that you met, yeah, right, a lot, wow. yeah. Uh, I was initially given a really not-so-great teacher
1: mm. who I think wanted me to be something that I was not. Um, okay. And me being so young and Asian, mm. um, there was definitely a desire to like have to please, you know, yeah. um, and have to be perfect. Yeah. And I always felt like everything I was doing was my fault. Mm. But in retrospect, looking back, especially as a teacher now, I realized she was not a very good teacher. Yes. Uh, and she would kind of leave you or scold you. A little. If you don't get it, uh-huh. yeah. She um, yeah. might
0: have the temper. Yeah. So it was it was very
1: difficult, and then we had a little bit of falling out. There was a lot of drama within the class. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was told I could change singing teacher if I wanted to. So Mom- I thought, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up with this amazing uh, voice coach. She actually coaches the uh, the singers like backstage on The Voice UK. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she is fantastic. I love her. Like, her name is Maureen. She is uh-huh. like, she's like this little grandmother, like a little English grandmother who is so sweet. And everything that I was struggling to do in the whole year, she taught me in like two months. Yeah. Oh my god. And because I knew what it was like to not be able to do it, yes. like have somebody tell yes. you to do it and not do it, yeah. and then have somebody tell you how to do it and then get it, mm. I really kind of understood mm. the,
0: like, how a student would feel. Mm. Yeah, so I thought that kind of gave me an advantage mm. if I started teaching. Yeah. Oh, even though you had a bad experience with the coach, mm-hmm. it actually had that counter, right? Yeah. In a way, so it was also like helping you to understand what is not a good way of teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and this lady on the other hand was opposite from it? So opposite.
1: <laughs> so opposite. Like she created the safest environment, which yeah. I think is so important. Because mm. so much of singing is connected to... Like your emotion, you don't really think it, but it is. Yeah. Uh, and if you're afraid of it in a class, then so much of your body is not going to respond. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I see. So she created that for you so mm. that you can just really like put yourself out there and experiment a lot. Yeah. With your own voice. Yeah, and you just not be afraid to produce voice. any kind of sound. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you came back. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Were there any obstacles because after studying studying in overseas, right? Um, finishing the course, you have to come back and you have to find your life. Uh now pursue your real career as a an actress and a singer. Yeah. Uh
1: when I first came back I was away for four years. Mm. Before that I wasn't acting here, so I basically had very few contacts. Yes. Um I started teaching speech and drama to like kindergarteners, mm. you know, for income. Mm. Then I was I was doing some private singing teaching as well, mm. um, starting out. And then I went for a bunch of like open auditions, mm. got a few, mm. got quite a few. And then mm. um, I was lucky enough that the first show that I did uh, was called Emily of Emerald Hill, the musical, like mm. Emily the musical, mm. um, with Musical Theatre Limited. And then. Uh, um, the stage manager of that show recommended me to audition for another show with Dream Academy. Yeah. Um, which is how I ended up a little bit more connected in the main circuit. Yeah. Because the thing with things here is that mm, for theatre there aren't really agents to get you auditions. Um, um. Yeah. So sometimes it's a bit hard to be even seen for an audition, especially mm-hmm. if people don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was the case four years ago when I had like mm-hmm. no friends mm-hmm. at all. All my friends were still overseas. Mm-hmm. All my friends who. I had known in Singapore was still studying overseas, so I came back with like no one had to create like a whole new network. Uh, but now it's wonderful. Now I have some amazing friends who I know will always be there through everything. Oh, who nice. are also actors, so they also understand
0: the the process that's and nice. how difficult it can be. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Mm-hmm. So if there is anybody who's considering actually um, studying overseas, uh, pursuing their life as an um, actress or like theater, like musical theater actors. Um, do you have any advice for them? What is it that they have to expect when they're going overseas? And what would help them to get back to Singapore? I think for going there, as easy as this sounds, is to not
1: be um, afraid. Mm-hmm. I know that's kind of a really strange thing to say, but so much of it involves like fearlessness and just being very open to everything that is going to happen because a lot is going to change yeah uh, yeah and coming back I think it's still like being open being humble being kind mm-hmm. um, but also trying to find out who you are like if you I think if you know who you are it is much easier to come back mm.
0: yeah.
1: but that being said it's not as easy yes. as I've said
0: it to be so uh, that's a very vague layer <laughs> of advice but yeah that's it. <laughs> But that's very important. That's very Mm -hmm. important. Like when you have a better understanding about yourself, you know where you want to position yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Okay. That's very nice. (laughs) That's very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So last year, you did some performances, right? Yes. Is there anything that was uh, interesting, fun for you? Wow. Last year was actually really
1: fun. Mm. All the shows that I did were super fun. I kicked off my year with um, Shaggy and the Trims which is part of Esplanade's Playtime series. So Playtime is for kids I think aged 3 to 10 Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And it was such a fun show. Uh, We had like water babies involved as part of the props. You know the little jelly things that soak in water and then they grow? Oh wow. So like people use them to like plant um, to, to grow their plants in and uh-huh. the plants can absorb water yeah. but yeah. we use them as like shampoo yeah. as part of the set we had like a stream like literally in the theater we had a stream and uh, the babies would come up and sit by the stream and play with the water babies yeah, it was so. It was really innovative and so exciting. It's very interactive too. It's super so, interactive. Oh. Like this director, she's amazing. Her name's Karina Hales. Uh-huh. Uh She she's from Players Theatre and she does amazing stuff. Yeah. Oh, so that oh. was a great way to kick off the year. Yeah. Uh, with a very fun and cast, and I ended my year with. Singapore Repertory Theatre's uh, TLC production of The Gingerbread Man, mm-hmm. yeah, which was also really fun. I got to play a mom and a farmer. Uh, uh-huh. I had like the cutest outfit. I got to wear like the Victorian like yeah, the Victorian like and then uh, the hairband, the yeah, overall, it was, really uh, it was very fun. So I, I had a very fun year last year. Uh, yeah, so it's good. That's nice. Yeah, but very tiring.
0: Yes, it takes a lot of energy, yeah. right?
1: Last year was very tiring, but the payoff
0: was amazing. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, very good. Okay, very good. So, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, because these are all the children's musicals and the shows, mm. right? So, as much as it's really fun, uh, it can be quite tiring for you to always remember like I have to smile and have that active energy going in in that stage right so like while you are handling all this crazy schedule of the performance and also at the same time you're you're teaching right so really running busy how did you actually um, take care of yourself in terms of your body and also your mind spirit right Mm -hmm. Uh, and especially your voice you have to act with your voice you have to sing with your voice you have to teach with your voice right so it's endless like really just using it using it right Yes. Yeah. How did you get by that? Um. I think because last
1: year was my third, mm. third professional year. I think mm. third or three and a half professional year. Um. Before that, I actually went through a bit of like voice trouble. So when I mm. first started, mm. that was when I I encountered a lot of problems with my voice because mm. you know you have to a get used to spaces and like you said the voice is being used for like ten hours a day yeah. non Yeah. Um. So. I, I had some problems at two, I actually had nodules I had really small nodules mm.
0: um,
1: I didn't know that they were nodules mm. I just thought oh I'm tired and mm. it'll get better because I know that I can create a healthy sound but it could, I felt like there was something wrong mm. but I didn't want to you obviously don't kind of want to believe mm. it. So it was mm. only when I had some time, mm. I went to see an um, ENT specialist, mm. um, got a stroke done, realized I did have nodules, mm. and I kind of panicked and had like a whole foot down because, you know, there's this notion of how can I be a teacher? How can, how can I be a good teacher when I suffer yes. from nodules? Yes. Um, and then I realized, you know, it actually wasn't necessarily bad technique. What it really was, it was just exhaustion yes. and not allowing myself to rest. Mm. I also had an issue of my larynx being higher than it needed to be. Mm. Um, but I think this comes from, it's, it's a bit of a cultural thing as well. Mm. You know girls? Mm. Typically, you feel like, I'm mm. just not really happy, mm. and like, high and like, mm. warm. So everything was here a lot mm. of the time, and I didn't realize this mm. is not my natural placement. Mm. So I saw a speech therapist, and then mm. I realized, oh, this is actually where uh. I should speak. And once she opened that door for me, I realized, oh, actually, I was working so much harder than I needed to. Yes. Even though my technique was great, yeah. I was still so exerting so much pressure, mm.
0: um,
1: so because of that, ever since then I've been very, very careful mm. when I do shows. So if I catch myself going into the habit of like, mm. yeah, mm. hair earrings, right? Uh, to always remember to come back down, or mm. if I do need to maintain a hair earrings for a show, whatever mm. it is, to mm. make sure I come back down after. Mm. Uh, on top of that, it's like the eight hours of sleep, yeah. stay hydrated, yes. you know, eat good food, mm. the 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 usual, the usual stuff, yeah, and always um. Warm up if you need it. Mm. Not if you need it, but you should be warming up every day. You're making sure your voice is working in a clean, efficient way. Yeah. All the usual, just to set you up.
0: Yeah. To make sure the sustainability is there mm. for you. Mm. Yeah. So when you're teaching, when you're teaching, do you also like, teach the students like how the voice and uh, generally like how it uh, functions? You mm. know, so that they can also take care of their their voice and their body in a better way. Yeah, of course. Mm. I think vocal health is a really
1: big part. a really big influence in the way I teach Mm. so a lot of um, my training in vocal pedagogy has come from the are still voice training Mm. um So I'm doing my second round of Level 1 and Level 2, coming up in February, I'm so excited. Um, So a lot of my belief and my pedagogy has come from still, Mm. and all that centers around voice health as well, Mm. and making sure that it's Mm. healthy. So when I progress with my students, Mm. it's always making sure it is healthy as well, Mm. um, and that they understand so that without me around, Mm. they can still create the healthy sound. And for them to be more aware in the body so that they can feel that something is not right. And then Mm -hmm. hopefully articulate it to me and then we can work through it. Mm -hmm. And then they remember that feeling of, oh, it doesn't feel right.
0: Mm -hmm. I should be doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's also like also really allowing them to understand what's going on inside their body mm-hmm. and to be able to express it out and explain it. Yes. Right. So that, that you can find a better direction yes. for learning and processing. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's nice. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you got to hear a little more about her her approach as a coach and what she really cares about uh when it comes to really teaching singing and improving and also like allowing the doors for them to grow. Um so I always, whenever I think about you, (laughs) I can never, never forget, uh, the song. Triple Latte? Yeah, it's called <laughs> Taylor and the Laughing the Taylor Boy. Boy. <laughs> it's a wonderful performance of that piece, uh, but actually, majority of the students and also like the coaches ourselves, we didn't really know uh that song. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, if you are not very familiar, like if you are not really deep into the Broadway or this musical scene, right? Uh, are there some other songs that you want to recommend, like from the musical pieces? Hmm. Or any any fun anything anything that you really like you you love singing or you like teaching Ooh. to the students who want to learn some. I want to you know like I want to have some really fun experience singing the Broadway piece. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. This is such an
1: open question. Hmm. Uh, okay. So currently, what I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with is this new musical called Six. Okay. Uh, it, is a, it is a it is a UK musical based mm. on the lives of. The Six Wives of Henry yeah. of Henry the Fourth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what a horrible man he was. Okay. And it's it's like it's a real pop musical. Oh. The songs are super catchy. Okay. It is very funny. It's written very very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think quite of it is. I think a lot of it is good fun. It also teaches you about history at the same time. Good. Uh, what else? My gosh, recommendations. Um, okay, if you're young and if you're trying to. Find a way into Mm -hmm. maybe contemporary musical theater Mm -hmm. in case the the traditional sense of musical theater, like your Rodgers and Hamstans, or even up to like your Andrew Lloyd Webber, if you're not into Mm -hmm. any kind of legit Mm -hmm. sound. I would look at some contemporary writers like mm-hmm. Patrick and Paul. Mm-hmm. So Patrick and Paul, they wrote, uh, they're wrote most famous for Dear Van Hansen mm-hmm. and The Greatest Showman, mm-hmm. um, which has kind of like bled into our pop scene now. Yes. Um, I would look at Kerrigan and Aldermilk, mm-hmm. uh, their writing duo. They haven't had as much commercial success, but mm-hmm. they have a lot of really well-written contemporary songs that are really meant for Young adults, like, yeah, so like from teenagers to young adults, and with and mm-hmm. with a lot of like shared experiences yeah. as well, uh, for you to connect to. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that really helped me when I was younger. Yeah. As well, I found Taylor the Latte Boy when I was like, seventeen. Mm. It's an old oh, song. No. It's a really old song. Yeah. Uh,
0: it was sung by Kristen Chenoweth. Oh yeah. yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, not it was so <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. So I. Okay, mm. thank yep. you, thank you for the recommendation, so we'll probably like have a note about like those uh, composers and the, the pieces, mm. so that you can look into the songs more. Alrighty, so one last question, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so as an actor, as a singer, and as a person, Natalie, what is your dream, or what's your goal that you have in mind, it can be like short term, it can be longer term, is there anything you would like to share? I think, okay, so sort my of like 2020
1: resolution, mm. right, was just to kind of be more fearless. Yeah. There's been, like, some stress or so, I think the last few years mm. kind of building up, you know, when you're at an age where you kind of feel like you have to know exactly where you're going, mm. otherwise it's going to screw up the rest of your life. Mm. Um, so this year has just kind of been like, nah, let's forget about all that kind of external pressure and just be more fearless. That's mm. my ultimate goal, I think, to approach everything with that sense of, Confidence and fearlessness, but also being able to um, be humble yeah. and like not get any kind of pride or ego in the way. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was kind of like to do yoga every day, <laughs> <laughs> kind <laughs> of thing. You know, like <laughs> no, it comes down to the <laughs> realistic. Yeah, like ooh, do yoga every day. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, write more, um, sing more. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and just be more and more comfortable in my skin as a performer and as a teacher in general. Oh, one more, one more. I got it. (laughs) Which will probably answer the question better. Um, I think at some point, I would actually like to open my own studio. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: like that's something that's been there since like maybe since I was, like, maybe 20. Yeah. Like, as a general possibility. And now yeah. that I'm reaching, I'm getting older, mm-hmm. it looks like something that I might want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not ready to settle down yet. And I know yeah. the moment I do, mm-hmm. um, I would have to stop everything else. I would have to stop the chaos and channel everything I have into the school. Yes. So that's kind of the one thing that's Holding me back. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, you know, maybe give it like another five, yeah. three to five years, but yeah, it's, it, like, it's, it's still something there, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it's really nice to be a part of the Google Studio as mm-hmm. well because I think you set such an amazing example to create such a strong community and a safe space for the students. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I personally think that that's the one of the most important things when it comes to creating a local studio. Oh, thank you. So it really, it really <laughs> is like, so happy, I'm so happy to be able to teach at the studio as
0: well. Yeah. I learned so much. Thank you so much. And yeah, all the best for your, years, uh, you know, daily yoga practice. And thank uh, you. Thank <laughs> you for your health and the reason really like seeking, seeking, you know, like the next steps of um, your, your life by Ooh. just trying it out, right? Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, good, good. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing a lot of things. Um, so I could really like, I really enjoy, being like always seeing you because you have this like really joyful energy that you carry. <laughs> oh, well, that you too, Hannah. You're so positive. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yeah, so that really makes other people smile, whether you're off the stage or on the stage. So that's that's really the congruence that I, I see in you as a oh, person. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful and because of that I know that people can always uh trust Natalie as a person that, you know, can can deliver something that's very genuine. Mm-hmm thank you so much <laughs> alright, thank you for joining uh, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast if you're interested in learning more about Natalie and also like, learning uh, singing or acting from her you can uh, contact us <laughs> alright, <laughs> thank you so much I'll come back with, uh, with another like, fun episode next time, we'll catch you later bye, bye.